The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Greetings, everyone. Mm, Thank you for your practice. And uh, I just invited you, if you wanted to put a word in, in chat about what's coming up after having done this practice of compassion, cultivating compassion for for ourselves and then turning to uh, a benefactor or a friend and really appreciating your your offerings, grateful for mind settling, gratitude, love, allow surprises. I love that. Compassion, love, intimacy, and a bit for more compassion towards my mother, once a benefactor, now in a lot of pain and need. Ah, that's, I'll bring that in. Thank you for that. I'll bring that into the teaching, how these categories of a friend and challenging being and neutral, they're all so shifting and changing all the time. And in fact, we can be at a given time, we can be ourselves. we can be our benefactor, we can be our own challenging person, the person we're having challenges with. So these categories, they're, they're not fixed. So I appreciate that. Um, coming in and without attachment to outcome, yes. Yes, present awareness of the breath, of the breath of interaction. Noticing the distraction, yes, reassurance, etc., etc. So many beautiful um, offerings. Yeah, timeliness. So, so as we continue our exploration this week of um, Cultivating compassion, cultivating compassion. And just briefly to review that compassion is the love child of of kindness, of metta, plus suffering. So when when metta, kindness, loving kindness, love, goodwill, so many nuances of of metta, meets challenges, meets pain, it becomes compassion. That's what compassion is. Meeting suffering with kindness, not meeting suffering with ignoring it, or, oh, I wish it was otherwise, or pushing it away, or or anger, like, why is it happening now? Why is this person suffering? Why am I? No, with kindness. Oh, sweetheart. Yeah, this is hard. Yeah, this is hard. Acknowledging that it's hard. And yesterday we also talked about this this cognitive aspect because we need to appreciate, we need to understand, we need to really grok um, that, yes, this is hard. This is hard. This is hard. Anyone in this situation, myself or others, they would be having a hard time. This is hard. This is hard. And that ouch, that this is hard acknowledgement is is um, really the the first and most important step. And then, of course, it is important to, to um, have to be moved by the emotional suffering and have a desire and intention to see the relief of it, to see it ease. So that kindness really coming and holding it. So <clears throat> a few more 
reflections today as we <clears throat> brought in, we, we first brought in ourselves um, and then moved to, to bring in a dear friend or, or benefactor, someone who's been kind to us, um, or, or this category sometimes are put together as we did putting together. In, in traditional teachings, they're separate. Benefactor and dear friend are separate. But here we have five days and we usually bring them um, together. So so this category actually, a lot of times for people, uh, practicing with the dear being, with these categories, um, we can fall into what's called empathetic distress. And compassion can become it what's called its near enemy in the teachings. So um, in the classical language, there is a near enemy and there is a far enemy of all these practices. The near enemy is something that feels like compassion. It masquerades as compassion, but is not compassion. It's actually its enemy, but it's such a near enemy. It's like, uh, so one near enemy of compassion or one masquerader, if you want to use, um, the, not, not the classical language, but um, the masquerader is, is empathic distress, empathetic distress. And empathic distress is, um, is when you meet, when you, when you acknowledge the suffering of, of, someone who's dear to you and this could happen for yourself as well of course it's not just for others but um but for example i'm going to use the example of others you 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 um meet their suffering but but you become so engaged so engaged with the suffering and the kindness the goodwill is not strong enough to hold it so it falls into just suffering so you're just suffering you're you, you're not holding it with enough goodwill it's out of balance compassion when the goodwill when the kindness is out of balance with meeting suffering whoa it's hip tips tips into to empathic distress and empathic distress could feel like grief can feel like oh this is so hard i can't do this i come um I just, oh, the compassion burnout. Um, in fact, there is no compassion burnout because compassion is always balanced with, with kindness. It's empathic burnout when we're just empathizing, when we're just feeling someone's pain. And if you keep feeling someone's pain without the kindness to that salve to support the feeling, um, then of course it's just too painful. So empathic distress, empathic distress also feels like if somebody's in the waves and, and they're suffering, you jump into the waves with them and now you're both drowning. That, and it's not helpful to anyone, empathic distress. Whereas compassion, there's a sense of stability and you're inviting them. You're extending a loving hand and you're holding their hand. You're extending a branch to, to, in, in your heart to wish them well, you're feeling, you're observing, you're, you are with their suffering, but there's so much kindness and goodwill that, and stability of equanimity that you're not falling into the suffering with them. This is a very important distinction I'm trying to make because many people <clears throat> think that 
say, oh, I, I can't do compassion. It's too hard. It's too painful. Actually, it's empathic distress that's painful. So you might, they might be, you might have been, I, we might have been practicing empathic distress, not compassion. Practicing compassion actually feels good. It feels lovely. It's uplifting. It, it uplifts your heart, your body, your mind. It's, it has a, it, it feels good. The, the, <clears throat> excuse me, bringing, <clears throat> bringing in some, um, some practice, some, um, research results. So, so when people are p- practicing empathic distress, when they're just feeling the suffering, not full compassion, but just empathizing areas of the brain, networks of the brain, uh, light up in fMRI. And this has been studied by Tanya Singer and others, uh, uh, Klemecki and others, or lots of papers where the area of the brain, the networks that light up are just the networks of pain. And, and, um, if you watch someone be, for example, uh, if you watch a video of, of someone being poked, the same area of your brain that has to do with, with these, uh, with pain for this hand, it will light up. So similarly, um, that only the empathy part, if you're feeling someone else's pain, if you're just empathizing areas of your brain that only have to do with pain, they light up. So of course, they'll just be painful, pain, 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 pain. Ugh, you don't want to do that. However, studies, if, if someone in the fMRI actually is instructed and they know, and this has been actually studied with Matthew Ricard, the, the um, uh, um, long-term monk and really person who knows compassion, practice of compassion, and others too. <clears throat> With the practice of compassion, both there is the feeling, of the, the <clears throat> excuse me, the areas of the brain that, that light up when you feel someone else's pain light up, but also another, all these other networks light up that have to do with with kindness, with with filial attachment, with warmth, with love, with with all of those. So these two together make up compassion. It's not just feeling someone else's pain. Ooh, that's just pain, and it's not sustainable. But it, compassion holds this. So both of these networks, when they all light up, oh yeah, it's actually a beautiful practice. We're cultivating our heart to meet pain with love, with kindness, and it feels good. It feels good. There is a bitter sweetness. There's a tenderness. So explore that for yourself, please. Um, and the last quick thing I want to bring up is non-attachment to outcome. And <clears throat> we do this practice. We do this cultivation both not attached to outcome, you know, we're not going to call a person, okay, so I've been doing compassion for you. Is all your pain gone now? Is, okay, attachment to outcome externally and also attachment to outcome internally. And this could be a little, a little confusing because yes, we are doing this practice to cultivate compassion, but not attachment to results right now. Okay, I didn't feel anything in this practice. You know, I didn't feel this universal compassion that I've heard about. I didn't feel it right now. What? What? Why not? Why not? you're planting seeds trust that they will they will actually um they will flower these seeds will flower in their own time so have patience you are doing your part you are doing your own cultivation 
You're doing your piece and let go of the rest. Do your best, let go of the rest. So much more to say about the practice of compassion. There are more near enemies. Maybe I'll I'll discuss them tomorrow. Pity being one of them, I'll discuss that. And um, may you practice compassion today, and and be and tune to both feeling the the suffering, but but holding it with with love, with care, both for yourself and for others, and tune into how differently that feels than just feeling the pain. And you can explore that for yourself and see that, yeah, it's very different. One is nourishing, the other is not. The other one is just pain. Wishing you well the rest of the day with your practice. Opportunities for practice are plenty of them. Life on earth is challenging for all of us. Being being human is hard work. And actually being on earth is difficult. So thank you all. Be well and looking forward to practicing together tomorrow.